Hey folks and welcome to another episode of PodCraft. This is the show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, your host as always, and this time around, another interview show. We're still in between seasons. If you want to go back and look at the last season, you know, we did a revisit of season one, which was how to get your first episode out there. So if you're still in launch stages, go back to season 10, which is actually really season one, (laughs) how to get your first episode out into the world. But this time around, we've got an interview with another uh, another expert in the podcasting and wider content area. And it's a friend of mine called Karen Rayburn from The Profitable Firm. Now, The Profitable Firm is a creative agency for accountants. So that seems quite niche, I suppose. And that's exactly what I've got Karen on to talk about. Hey, Karen. Hey, Colin. Thanks for having me. No, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, and yeah, I want you to talk about uh, niche basically because, well, for a few different reasons, partly because that's kind of what you've built your brand around, isn't it? Um, and partly because I saw you talk about this in Edinburgh very recently. You did a great talk at the Content Marketing Academy on niche. How did that go down? Did people buy right into that? I think there was a lot of enthusiasm, wasn't there? Yeah, there there really is. It's really interesting because I've been running my creative agency for six years and we always have been exclusive to accountants. We've had our our niche right from the beginning. And for the past six years, my audience has always been accountants because that is our niche. But what's really fascinating to me in the last year or so, I've started to notice that because we've had certain level of success in being so exclusive as a niche, and also because I advise my accountants to look at a niche to help them stand apart from the competition. I'm beginning to discover that the whole business world is fascinated by this concept of niche, and rightly so, because we are so saturated. There is so much content out there, and I I believe in content marketing. My entire business is built on content marketing, but one of the reasons we've had the level of success we've had is that we're not simply talking about content marketing or social media or building a website, we are doing it exclusively and only for accountants. So we hit their issues and their topics. So I know from experience how well that can work. And the business owners I've been talking to who are not accountants are going, I like what you have done there because it's so easy for people to either say, yes, that's for me or no, it's not. And if you hover in the middle and you don't know if it's for you, then that's the kind of place where content dies. Absolutely. And I think that applies to podcasting more than anything else, actually, because podcasting, as much as it has many, many benefits over blogging and video in many areas, one of them is not accessibility. (laughs) So getting somebody to listen to a podcast is much higher friction than simply clicking on a video link or uh, skimming through a blog post. So we need to be able to make it really, really clear to any podcast listener, this show is definitely for you. Um, and and it's even the fact that, you know, people, podcasting takes up a bit of time. So you need to make sure people, they only listen to three or four shows per week, possibly. You need to be one of them. So yeah, that's why I thought it'd be great to get you on to, to talk about this. Um, do we need to do a quick, uh, just a quick um, definition at the start here? The fact that we're talking niche as well as niche. <laughs> Half of our audience out there will be thinking, <laughs> yes. what the so, X and, and niche? And also for the record, I'm originally from... <laughs> America, but I've lived in Scotland for 17 years now. So 
I've started using the word niche right yeah. from the beginning. I never used the other word, yes. shall we say? Good. And uh, no, there's a, there's a lot of, of mockery that goes on about that because our <laughs> our creative agency is global. We work with accountants all over the world. Yeah. And I yeah. find it quite fun when the Americans start saying niche because yes. I'm saying it. But yeah, whichever one yeah. you say, and yeah. and I do think it's important to look at what a niche is because there's there's a lot of misunderstanding around that. And most people think, well, a niche has to be an industry. So Karen, you have a niche in accountants, but I don't want to only work with dentists or cyclists or architects or whatever. So I can't have a niche. And that's not true. Okay. So you would say, what would you define it as then? If it's not an industry, is it a sector? Is it an audience? What do you think it is? Well, I define a niche as a targeted focus area that you can define so clearly that the person reading your content or looking at what you do instantly says, that's me. Now, when it comes to an industry, that does make your job easier. When we say at PF that we work exclusively with accountants, Mm -hmm. then if you are an accountant, you say, well, clearly that must be for me. We do expand it a little, accountants, accountancy firms, bookkeepers, people who work with accountants. You know, there is a little flexibility there, but for simplicity, we just say accountants and accountancy firms. Mm -hmm. So picking an, an industry for a niche does actually make your job a little easier, but that isn't to say that you can't have a niche in female business owners who want to be speakers or something. You can have some specifics, but the key is for you to define that so clearly that there's no doubt. And in my experience, and this happens when I'm talking with my accountants and they're trying to find a niche and without fail, they say to me, well, our, no, we have a niche. Our niche is uh, small to medium-sized businesses who make between 250,000 pounds or dollars and maybe 1 million or 5 million or 10 million in revenue. And they want to grow. And, you know, they list off a few things. And I go, yeah, that's pretty much every other accountant I've ever talked to. That's not a niche. You've got to be more specific. Yeah. So I think it is important to look at whether you can have an industry but that's just one of the the questions you ask yourself. Yeah, so it ties right into the whole concept around uh, you know avatars or um, ideal listeners, I suppose that we often talk about in podcasting. Mm. Uh, is that do you go through that kind of process of trying to define who the audience is? Is that is that what leads to the niche then? Yeah, I think that is a part of it. Um, the the niche is is special in the sense that it has to do with the person. And it also has to do with the business or, you know, whatever your your audience is. So if you sell product, if you sell service. So when you're looking at, say, your ideal buyer, if the accountant is saying, well, our ideal buyer acts like this and does this, a lot of that has to do with brand and style. So when we're building a website for an accountancy firm, we look at things like, yes, you want to work with people who love tech. You want to work with people who are willing to you know, record video or whatever elements and characteristics. But when it comes to niche marketing, you're turning your attention to what your your buyer um, does, what they want to achieve, because that's how they're going to define it. So if you say, well, we work with people who are really modern and forward thinking, it's not going to help you to say, well, this is a podcast for the modern forward thinking person because everybody thinks they're modern Mm. and forward thinking. And I can assure you that not everybody is. So 
it really is a matter of defining your niche by the way that your niche would define themselves. And then they can say, yes, I am a dentist. So this podcast on dentistry is for me. I am an accountant. So this talk that Colin and Karen are having is relevant to me because it has to do with accounting. And as I said, industry makes that easier. But if you can find another way to do it, I have no problem with that. Hmm. But you've got to be more specific than you realize. Yeah. And a lot of people don't want to get specific, do they? Because they think they're limiting their market. They think they're going too small. Can we go, let's go through that then. Like, how did you, so how did you decide that you were, were you originally a creative agency for anyone? Was the profitable firm was it originally yeah. a creative agency? No, I think, sorry, no. Uh, I was saying, did you start? Why oh, did I start? Yeah, no, yeah. I started off as an accountant. Ah, so, so that um, went, okay. I qualified yes. as an accountant in the states. Yeah. Uh, I worked as an auditor for four years in Arizona. Uh-huh. I moved to Scotland and worked for an accountancy firm. I did their marketing. I set up a consultancy division. I worked for a network of accountants doing marketing mm-hmm. with the accountants. So I was moving slowly through that, and the reason I set up the profitable firm was because I recognized that everybody in the world seemed to be advising accountants about marketing and consulting with them, telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see any agencies that were actually doing the work for and with the accountant, which is what we do. So the accountants have us as their outsourced marketing department, Uh, or, you know, maybe we are it, maybe we're part of it, maybe we link with them. And so that was built out of, I mean, I'm a c- creativity and accounting are the two elements of the skills that I have. And most people would think they don't go together, but I've learned that they do because believe it or not, accountants are creative too. I believe all humans are creative and accountants are humans. I mean, I, I can tell you that's actually true, <laughs> um, but this is fascinating. And I love educating accountants and opening up to them the hope that they too are creative. So we combined those by saying, this is a creative agency now because I started off just helping accountants with anything related to marketing. You know, you don't know what your business model is when you start, even if you have a niche like I had. And over time, we discovered that these were the core things that accountants need. And now we have a very clear process where they come in to work with us, either by getting trained on marketing or by having us build a website or working on their brand. And then they go through to some other elements, all of which fall into the creative agency arena. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that that describes a lot of the ways where when people come to me, they always ask like, um, or to anyone like yourself as well, I'm sure it's how, how do I, how am I unique? Um, and and a lot of the the niching comes down to that unique combination. You've just described yours there, isn't it? The two unlikely yes. uh, combinations: the yes. creativity and the accountancy. And a lot of people don't. I, I find a lot of people that make a podcast a good podcast. Uh, they can find those two parts of their background that are otherwise mm. uncreated. And I know your your thing is creativity. I've seen it written that the definition of creativity is the ability to to merge two otherwise unrelated topics. Do you uh-huh. creativity? It's, it doesn't have to be something new. It. it can just be yes combining two things that aren't normally related. So so I think that's a great way to describe it. Have you got any? So that obviously that's how you came across your niche. Then it was those two 
those two yeah, things only, that came together. Yeah, uh, this is an important point. I uh-huh. didn't know it at first. You know, I didn't right. launch into the profitable firm saying, okay, I'm going to create a creative agency for accountants because mm-hmm. I am a creative, I'm a photographer, I'm a writer, I, you know, I have all these creative skills and I happen to be accountant. Aha. But what happened was those skills slowly became to, kind of merged and, and rose to the top. And that's what I encourage people to do when they're looking at a potential niche mm-hmm. is one of the things you can look at is what is your default? What do you keep coming back to? And, and in my case, even though for a while I was running PF as well as running a wedding photography business, the accounting thing kept rising to the top. And I didn't want to work as an accountant uh, not because I don't value it, not because I wouldn't be good at it, but because the creative side kept rising a little higher and I couldn't figure out which one would win. And then when I finally decided that I was going to pour all my efforts into PF, and it was a hard decision to set aside the wedding photography business, which I loved, but I had to choose because if you do two things equally that are totally different, then one of them has to win. They'll, they'll pull you apart. And so when I decided to focus on the creative agency, to my surprise, I got both in one. And that was really encouraging to me. But it does take you time. And you have to look at, as I said, what area or areas of your life do you keep coming back to? What bits do people keep asking you about? What do you default to? What do you do in your your spare time, your hobby time? What elements of that? And then that's not enough either. How can you make a profit from it? So as I said, I could have been one of many wedding photographers and I was, but I knew that if I needed to make that a success, I would have had to niche in that as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I decided to set it aside. Wonderful experience. And, and I learned a lot from it. Um, but when you're looking at your niche, it isn't enough simply to pick something you like something you're good at, something you have experience in, it has to also be profitable or you can make it profitable. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the bit that a lot of people forget, actually, is the fact that hobbies and kind of past experiences is really valuable. I mean, even if you're if you're an accountant and you wanted to do a, a podcast about mm-hmm. something around accountancy, but if you're a mountain climber in the background as well, that's what you do, then that's the theme of your show. And that's yep. something that can make it unique. And you can bring that experience, the, the maybe the, the sort of expedition planning that ties into how to plan your business, that type of stuff. Yep. It's, it's, it's not even so much, I think, sometimes that your niche has to lend something particularly useful to it. It's more just person. It can be personality sometimes. Yeah, well, and that's that's exactly the point. And, and this in the last probably year or two is the thing I've been talking to accounts about more than anything else, which is you've got to bring that humanity into your marketing, into your content marketing, into everything that you do for your business, because it isn't enough to simply be an accountant these days. Competition is extremely fierce. But when you bring your personality, your humanity, your niche or your, your hobbies or your, your areas that you enjoy, and you bring that, as you say, into the work that you're doing, then it causes people to say, well, I'm going to work with this accountancy firm because they work with mountain climbers or they work with, I spoke to a firm who works with um, it's like deep sea divers or people who are on oil rigs. I mean, it was this extremely specific category, yeah. but they happen to know that category so super well mm-hmm. that if you were one of these divers, 
why would you go to another accountancy firm when this one knows your terminology? They understand your issues. They realize that you're outside of your own country for nine months of the year, whatever it be. And every time I talk to an accountant who has experience in a a niche area, they get all fired up about it. And they start saying, oh, this is how you know, dentists work. This is how creative agencies think. This is one of the problems that they have, the issues that they face, and this is how we help them. And that enthusiasm and humanity is what draws people in to want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it, that applies it, it wholly to your content as well, isn't it? That, that goes yes. right through to the content that then builds your business, whether it's podcasting, blogging, video. It's the not just that you're writing about how to grow a business or how to become more yes. healthy or how to lose weight or whatever. It's the personality you bring to it, um, the unique experience you bring to it as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. And oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say you had mentioned about how a lot of people don't want to look at a niche because they're concerned that it's too limiting. Mm. And I think this is really a key point because almost every person I've ever talked to about niche, particularly accountants, say that to me. They say, well, I don't want to only work with a certain industry or a certain type of person or whatever it be. And my response to that is there's no possible way that you can work with every person in the world. You don't even want every person in the world. There's very few of us who are going to become Amazons and Googles and Facebooks. There are a few, but that most of the people, certainly people I talk to, that is not who they are. It's not even who they want to be necessarily. So your marketing's job is to actually send a lot of people away. So when you choose a a niche of some kind, it does its job by sending people away. It sends away the wrong sort of people. It sends away those you don't want to work with. And we all know from experience, if you've run a business for a day or 100 days or, or 10 years, we all know what it is to work with the wrong type of client or customer. And we don't want that experience anymore. And that's what a niche does is it does the hard work for you and qualifies people out that are not the right kind of person. So we work with accountants, yes, but over the last six years, we've got a very clear picture of the type of accountants that we work with uh, and the type that we don't. And for us, it all has to do with mindset. So it doesn't matter if you're a one-person accountancy firm, uh, just a startup, or you have a 1,000 employees. Because if you have the wrong mindset, and you have a thousand employees, it's going to be really hard for you to do this marketing. And if you have the right mindset and you're all by yourself, you can do some phenomenal things that will blow your competition out of the water because you have the right approach. And and we're still working on how we help qualify those people out in our marketing. Have you ever seen somebody choose a niche which you think is too small? Too Too small. small, too exclusive? Yeah. I have not. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure it's possible. But in my experience, the people that I talk to about niche or who are looking at it, they always err on the other side by making it too big. So what I've learned is it's okay to start with something that's a bit more broad. But as you learn more about that niche, you then need to tighten it in an ultra niche. Hmm. And once the only way you could go too small 
is if you ultra niche to the point that there's only one or two people in the world you could possibly work with and you can't make a profit out of that. But there are people who niche to where there are only one or two people in the world and they do make a profit out of it because it's so specific. So they can charge whatever they want to charge. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't worry about making it too small. I would always worry in the, initially about, isn't it probably too broad? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I asked that because I, I was pretty sure you were going to say no, cause it, <laughs> <laughs> because I think it, it's the thing people worry about. But actually, even yes. if even if you've got, yeah, literally a thousand people in the world initially, possible um, audience members, listeners, watchers, whatever it is, I mean, you can broaden out like we often say yes. you can do a you can do a really really tight niche on your first season for example mm. do 10 15 episodes um and then the next season might broaden into something slightly different um slightly wider but but that first season has attracted a loyal fanatical group of listeners watchers whatever it is because it's so specific and people see yes. it and go that is definitely me so yeah i don't i don't think it ties you in does it i mean you must have seen examples of people who have niched originally and then widened out, broadened out as they go? Well, because I work with accountants, our our challenge is usually the flip side. And Mm. most accountants start with no niche and then they have to niche down. (laughs) So you tie them, Um, yeah. I think when, if you pick a niche area that you then need to broaden, Mm -hmm. it's so much easier, as you said, to do it that way. Because if you start with you know, the deep sea divers in this particular area who are resident in the UK for tax purposes. And then you broaden it to all deep sea divers in the whole world or Mm -hmm. deep sea divers in the US, then you can do that because they talk to each other. So whether you start broad and niche down or whether you start really niche and then open up, um, that will flow as you work through your business model. Uh, But choosing that niche, uh, to a certain point and then going either up or down is a decision that you make as you see who's consuming your content, who's coming to you, who are people referring and why, and are they actually buying? Yeah, classic. I actually listen to your customers, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Let's just to start to tie things up, what, what do you see working well for your clients just now in terms of content? What's, um, you know, what, what is converting well right now? In terms of the type of content, you mean? I don't really. Yeah. I mean, our, our accountants, if you've got any clients that are making blogging work really well for them, podcasting work really well for them, you've got any sort of good case studies at the moment? Yeah, that's it's a really good question. What I'm finding, particularly for accountants, and I, I think this is relevant to any type of business, particularly those in professional services, is that it's not the one thing that you do. It's the combination and the integration of those things that will help you see the type of quality clients coming in on a drip feed to you and they come to you. So one of the mistakes that accountants make and and that they come to us to help sort out is maybe they've been doing blogging and had a certain level of success from it, but either they can't tie leads and prospects to their blog directly or it used to bring them leads and now they can't tell. And whether it's blogging or social media or videos or whatever, and we often help them to see that when we're talking about return on investment, if you want an ROI from your content marketing, you have to find that combination of factors that is yours that relates to what you do well and to what your niche needs. So always the question is, 
What does my audience need? How do they consume content? So if you are working with, uh, so for example, since we work with accountants, we started off and we still do quite a lot of webinars. Accountants are likely to be sitting in their office working on things and suddenly go, oh, there's a webinar in a half an hour, I'll jump on it. If you're working with plumbers, and we've seen this, the accountants that have plumbers or joiners or contractors or tradesmen, tradespeople <laughs> that they're working with, and they run a webinar, these guys are out on the job. They're fixing some plumbing. They're not going to be attending a webinar. So yeah. it just doesn't work. So they have to say, okay, well, if I record some videos that they can watch quickly on YouTube on their phone or perhaps a podcast or something that they can do while they're driving around. So the piece of the type of content that works best is the kind that your audience is most likely to consume. And sometimes you just have to try a good number of different kinds before you realize, wow, lots of people are reading my blog posts or nobody's reading my blog posts, but these videos are really going somewhere. And I would say the same for podcasts. You asked me before we, we started recording, you know, if I have examples of accountants doing podcasts. And I said, not as many as I would like, because I see podcasts as this, uh, it's an investment of time. It's something that is more modern. It requires strategy and planning and, and definitely having a niche makes a podcast more effective. But the firms that I see that are doing podcasts uh, and, and seeing success with it, uh, somebody like Ali McGill, who has the Never Settle podcast, a guy called Paul Meisner in Australia, I uh, can't remember the name of his podcast, but he's an accountant and he gets these guest people on to talk about things that are relevant to accountants and they are consistent and they plug away with it and they are enthusiastic and it relates to their brand and their style. And I would like to see more accountants doing podcasts, not for the sake of it, not because podcasts are the new thing and that's what you do. But if your audience is somebody who does consume podcasts and would be likely to listen, then you need to think about how you can serve them by sharing your content in a way that is uh, something that's more likely that they will listen to and you make their life easier. If, the, if blogs are hard for them to read and they're on the road a lot, do a podcast so that they can listen to you. Yeah. Again, thinking about your audience before you actually create something, eh? Oh, imagine that. <laughs> okay, Karen, thanks so much. That's been really useful. I think we've got a, a ton of information there about how to choose a niche about how, I, I think it, a big part for this, of this for me was just actually making people less afraid about, yes. about niching down, about thinking small audiences rather than big, about thinking yes. specific rather than general and about how to, I think your insights there about how to, how to decide on your niche in terms of combining a few different skills, finding something unique that you can bring to that area was really good. So thanks so much for that. You're welcome. Thanks no for worries. having me. Well, so if you want to go and check out uh, Karen's work, you can find her over at theprofitablefirm.com um, and you can get her on Twitter. If you want to send any hellos, any uh, comments, any feedback, go over to Karen L. Rayburn on Twitter as well. Okay, thanks again for listening to the show. Uh, if you want to check out the show notes, go over to podcraft.net net and you'll see it right there in the page and as always if you're thinking about starting a podcast or you're running one just now if you want to make it just a little bit easier for yourself check out our podcast maker app alitu a-l-i-t-u alitu.com and you can see what we do over there in terms of you can upload your raw audio we can polish it up add your branding and get out there in the world for you okay thanks again for joining us we'll see you in the next episode have a good week